All right, flockers. Uh, this is Matt Riggs Stites with a uh, slightly different start than we're used to, and that's because tragedy has struck the flock group's founding admin of flock MLB. Eric Albert Erickson passed away on Friday, September 7th. Um, I'm a little bit at a loss for words. I've had a few days to reflect on it, and it has been incredibly tough. Yes, I realize it's not someone I have ever met in person, but it's someone I've had countless conversations with over the years and numerous flock groups, whether I was bashing his Yankees and love for the Mariners and flock MLB, or if I was ragging on him for being a Patriots fan and flock NFL. Um, it's tough. And honestly, this podcast, I don't want to speaking hyperbole, but this podcast would not exist without Eric himself. Because without this podcast, I wouldn't have been in Flock NFL. I wouldn't be one of the admins in it. I wouldn't know great guys like Ray Stone and Joseph Massey that I talk to on a weekly basis now. Um, and all 27 of you wouldn't be listening to the sound of my voice. <laughs> um, so it's with a heavy heart that we bring you this podcast tonight. And I know Ray and Massey echo in those sentiments. Um, Eric, of all the admins of all the groups, Eric was definitely the nicest one. Um, some of the admins are pricks. <laughs> um, but he was always a big heart and willing to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And I don't know if I've met a more passionate sports fan. Um, so tonight we're going to obviously dedicate this podcast for him. And at the end of the day, we are sitting here, we are doing one of the things that Eric liked to do most, and we're going to talk sports, and we're going to go on with the show, as hard as it is for us to do. Uh, I'm just going to tip our cap off to him tonight. So, saying that, hard to do, but what up, motherfuckers? How you doing, Ray Ray? I'm doing fantastic after a great week one. I hope every, all the other flockers are doing great. Hey, Massey, how are you doing? Not as great, but let's still get at it. Um, and, and Massey, I want you to know and understand, I don't think I've ever told you this before. I always throw to Ray Ray first because I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> and you're you a Cowboys, the Cowboys? fan. Yeah, I didn't know. Why'd you breaking never tell news. me? Breaking you... news. Um, but on the real, we do have some breaking news. We have a little bit of a format change that we are going to go through now that we are actually into the season. Instead of once a week, we are going to come at you guys twice a week with the podcast. Don't worry, this is still the Flock NFL podcast for the fans, by the fans. But um, first episode usually dropping on Tuesday is going to be more debate-oriented. It's going to be fan debate. We're going to open up a – we're going to crack open a six-pack of questions and – Go over that six-pack of questions uh, with a little surprises sprinkled in. And then on our Friday episode, we will break down the hot games of the upcoming weekend. So, for our first question up for debate, Ray, will the Falcons regret giving Matt Ryan his large extension? Um, absolutely not. The Falcons will not regret giving him 
his large extension because, for one, who else are you going to find on the open market that's similar to Matt Ryan? And let's just look at his career numbers. For example, 93 quarterback rating, a 2.3 interception percentage rating, and a career 64.8% completion rating. The, the woes the past year and one game is all because of one man, Steve Sarkeesian. No one else's fault but Steve Sarkeesian and his vanilla offense. Um, carry on. Uh, it's all good. I can let you finish. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. That's all right. I'm done. I understand that when you want to place the blame on Sarkeesian, but I still don't think that Matt Ryan is worth that kind of money. Do you know that he now makes $30 million a year? That is more than four out of the last five Super Bowl winning quarterbacks combined. He makes more than Flacco, Wilson, Brady, and Foles did combined in the year that they won their most recent Super Bowl. The only one who tilted the scales is Peyton Manning, and he got paid for being an all-time great and going to Denver and said, saving that franchise for a little bit. You can't win dedicating that much of your cap to one player. You just can't. Massey? I agree that you can't win dedicating that much. We've gone over this. I went over this last week, I believe, with Aaron Rodgers and his cap hit. Aaron Rodgers is different. He's transcendent. Matt Ryan is mediocre. My point is, is that you can't you don't win Super Bowls with dedicating that much money, that percentage of your salary cap to your quarterback, and it's been proven over the years. I don't believe anybody is worth the money that they give these players and they give this quarterback. But Matt Ryan, you know, he's two years removed, well, a year and a game removed from an MVP season, uh, being unbelievably close to winning a Super Bowl, but ex- it's just last year was so bad. It's it, you thought maybe it was a, an anomaly, but then they came out and they did it again in week one this year. And it has to be Sark. You don't go from putting up his numbers and those kind of MVP numbers to being just below average. And, and, and the only change is Sark. That's the big change. Everybody else is the same. I, I it's it's got to be Sark. I don't think they, I think they regret it if they keep Sark. If they don't then Matt Ryan can go back to being, I think he's somewhere in the middle of the last two seasons. Yeah, and, and just to hold on, Matt, just to add to that. So, for one, we always say they can't win with that much money a lot of the quarterback. Well, the cap is consistently rising. It's going to be over $200 million soon. And it is a new NFL, and this is the new way. Eventually, all starting quarterbacks are going to be making that money. So, eventually, somebody will be winning a Super Bowl with – that much money allotted to a quarterback. Then you add to that, it's not like they signed Josh McCown to that type of contract. They added the guy, they added the guy career-wise is 12th in quarterback rating ahead of Joe Montana. But you, you got to so, you gotta also understand that it's not just about the total amount of money. It's about the percentage. So, yeah, when the cap goes up, more players are going to get that kind of money. I don't believe all quarterbacks are going to get that percentage of money. Well, no, because the cap's going to go up, so there's going to be obviously be if they're still getting around thirty million, the percentage is going to go down because the cap's going up. Yeah, but, exactly. But and that's, that's my, and that's what I'm saying. Like their cap's going to go up; they're going to have more money. I mean, so I, I I don't like that argument as much. I understand historically, but it's going to change. And then just to speak on Sark, 
Sark is a horrible offensive coordinator. He and needs SI. Start drinking again. Yeah. An SI.com reporter spoke with two offensive players from the Falcons last year and asked them, what do they think about him? And they both said he's disorganized. Okay. They said, they said Shanahan came in. He was organized. He, he called a play to set up another play. Their game plan was organized and everything. The preparation was. And Sarkeesian is all over the place. All over the place. You just you can't you you can't win with the offense coordinator that's unorganized and doesn't doesn't seem to know what he's doing, especially in the red zone. They okay. literally went they literally went from the arguably the best offensive coordinator and setting records to arguably the worst offensive coordinator well, in, guess the, what? in one year. And it's it shows. Kyle Shanahan isn't walking back through that door. No, he's not. No matter what you but, do, Kyle Shanahan ain't coming back. And you go on about how great Kyle Shanahan is, right? That's the reason Matt Ryan excelled. Well, let me read you just some stats. Under Kyle Shanahan with Matt Ryan, 21 touchdowns, 8 wins, 16 interceptions, a 2.6% interception rate, and a 7.5 yards per average attempt. That's Matt Ryan under Kyle Shanahan in year one. So Matt Ryan had one transcendent season under Kyle Shanahan and one kind of shitty season under Kyle Shanahan. And then he had another kind of shitty season under Sarkeesian. You know, last year he had six games with multiple touchdowns. That's, that's two. That's more than one. Six out of 16 is pretty bad. In Kyle Shanahan's first year with the Falcons, he had five games with multiple touchdowns. And he has Julio Jones. You're telling Julio. me the guy can't even get more than one touchdown in half of his games, and he's worth being paid among the highest-played people in the NFL? That's bull. He had one of the greatest quarterback seasons in recent history. You know what? And Joe Flacco had a great QB playoff run. How playoff did that run. contract this is, work for this them? Is, this is for an entire season. And yeah, I, like, like I said, one season. It's one season. Yo, I get it. And like I said, I don't think necessarily he's worth that much money. But I said he's some, he's Matt Ryan is somewhere in the middle of that 2016 and that 2017 season. He's somewhere in the middle there. But well, no, he's not. Because if you look at his career stats, his yards per average last year were 7.7. His career average is 7.5. His interception percentage was 2.3 last year. That's his career interception percentage. He, he's the same guy he was last year. That's how he's always been. If you take out his one amazing season, he doesn't have that good of a career. No. Last season, when it comes to TDs, was his worst season since his rookie season. Yeah. Since his rookie two, season. Because he had 20 last year and 21 two years before that, right? No. I know you're making it sound like more than that, no, but no, 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 one no, no, less no. TD really isn't TDs. a lot. That's, no, let's just go look at the TDs. No. So 2015, he had 21, bad year with Sarkeesian. Then he had yeah. 28, 26, No, 2015 32. was Shanahan. Oh, my bad. My bad. Wait. Yeah. So the year before Shanahan. New coordinator. Yeah. And that was a new coordinator. So the, the last year with Dirk Cutter, he had 28. Then he had 26 the year before, 32, 29, 28. Yeah. And then he had 22, then he had 16 as rookie And season. those 28 and 26 seasons have in common, they're playing from behind at 4-12 and 12 and 6-10 and 10 records. Of course, you're going to have more teams only, when you're playing from well, behind the whole time two instead of seasons. leaning on the running game. He's only can had you, two can you win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan? Yes. He almost did. He almost did. I, I, 
I didn't I say think, almost. I said, can you win how, a Super Bowl with many, Matt Ryan? I think, he, I think you can. I think you can win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan. Can. Well, I don't I know if he will. will. I don't know if he picked him to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if he will. Super Bowl. I picked him to go to the Super Bowl. I picked the Jags to win. So the picks, Shit, that's you still even picking him to go into the playoffs at this point with Keanu Neal and Deion Jones out? Well, I don't think I don't I don't know if Matt Ryan will win a Super Bowl, but I I definitely think you can win a Super Bowl with him. I mean, look, people have won the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson. You can win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan, but but will Matt Ryan be the cause? I don't know. That's not the question. Here's the better question: Then can you win a Super Bowl paying Matt Ryan thirty million dollars a year? Because Bill for sure as shit wasn't making that when he was with the Bucks. It depends on the percentage the of the it, it depends well, on the percentage of the cap. Right now, no. With his contract right now with the percentage of the cap, no. Actually, right now they have the best chance because all their top defensive players are in rookie contract. Well, well they don't all have the top best defensive players right are out, actually. <laughs> They're out. One's out for the year, one's out for half a year. They don't have the best chance anymore. They gotta wait until next year. And, and then, then they're just, closer. And let me just add, he's only had two losing seasons. There's not too many quarterbacks. You, that you can mention, there's only a two losing seasons. Then I just want to just want to throw some stats at you real quick. The last season, the this, his last season with Shanahan, they were first in standard down success rate in when it goes from the ten to the thirty yard line, and then the, the last season they went to twenty first. Okay, went, I can tell you researched the crap out of this, but what does that stat have to do with anything? I'm, tell, I'm showing you the difference between a good offensive coordinator <laughs> and one of the worst in football. That's what I'm That's telling the you. first I'll time say, I've I'll ever say, heard that stat in my life. <laughs> I'll say the, the, the biggest difference right now in the offenses that Shanahan ran and that Sarkeesian's run is that the Falcons actually looked like they knew what they were doing in the red zone. Yeah. Now they absolutely don't. Against well, the Eagles, they and, 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 no, no formation. Let me actually say this against Matt Ryan, though. I watched that game on Thursday night. You see that and pick? Matt Ryan was just not even looking at other receivers. He was staring down Julio Jones all game long. Like it was on, on the in the very end of the game on that final drive when they tried four fades to Julio Jones for whatever reason, not mixing it up at all. Hooper beat five his fakes. man. Five, yes, five. Hooper beat his man on the second on second down. He beat his man on a slant. Matt Ryan looks his way. It's a touchdown game over. The Falcons win, but Matt Ryan wasn't even looking. He only had eyes for Julio Jones. And did you see that pick in the first half? The, the one pick. where he threw it to Julio. Oh, yeah. Razul Douglas because he came yep. in. Be- it was terrible. Very terrible. Throw. Is it? Is it maybe because he doesn't trust his offensive coordinator? Especially when you have Malcolm Jenkins coming out and being quoted saying they pretty much recognized every single play as soon as it came out of the huddle. What well, Ray, it doesn't you matter. Have? You have more that, than what, one what receiver running routes. The I'm sorry, Hooper was really. open. You got to see that as a quarterback. Absolutely. You have. I mean, to see he that. wasn't. You I'm not saying he was that. perfect, but I'm saying majority of the problem is. I'm saying team. he wasn't good. No, I'm saying he was going against good. an elite defense, in my opinion, and defending Super Bowl champions. But I don't think you're winning a Super Bowl giving Matt Ryan that much money. The new NFL is pay quarterbacks cheap and put a lot of talent around them. That's what teams are focusing on now. Yeah, and but that's, that's what's working. If you can find a young quarterback, you have to. Easy. Yeah, it's it's not. It's Wait not till easy. Carson Wentz gets paid. I'll be fine with that because Carson Wentz, unlike Matt Ryan, is going to be elite as long as he returns from injury just fine. Yeah, Knock on wood, right now. Yeah, there you go. There's a difference between Wentz and Matt Ryan. No one. With Sabre with one ear is ever considered Matt Ryan to be a top five QB. 
Oh, okay. You said save for one year. Okay. Save for yeah, one, save year. one year. Okay. Oh, he's, he's always been... been considered a top ten QB. Oh, great! You're you're in the top third. Tremendous. <laughs> I mean, so is Matt Stafford, and he had four picks on Monday night. Every quarterback has a bad game, even Tom Brady does. Yeah, I know they do, but you know he's been in the league one, two, three. I saw. I think. I think I said Matt like eleven seasons. For like eleven seasons. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. season number eleven. He's yeah. been top five once. Come on, man. He's overrated. But moving on, we're gonna throw this up on the flock page. By the way, we're gonna let the fans debate whether this was good or bad or indifferent. Because, you know, Flock NFL podcast for the fan, by the fan. But we are introducing a new segment tonight. Um, we say a lot of stuff on these podcasts, and we are not always right. Um, I'm right more than the other two guys, but, you know, that happens. <laughs> Can't um, wait to the end of the year. Seriously. So, How's Bosa looking? <laughs> he's looking rested. So Rested. That's a, <laughs> that's a good word. That's a nice word for it. But, Based off of all three of us growing up watching MTV reality shows, we're going to introduce our newest segment. Ray Ray, I would like to invite you to the confessional. I would like to uh, thank you for inviting me to the confessional. Um, This is not easy for me to admit, but all offseason, I've been saying that the Chiefs, because of their Garbage, which we all know still is garbage defense, have no shot of winning the division. And I once picked them to finish last. I did change it to third because the Raiders are the Browns. However, after seeing week one, Patty Mahomes to the uh, to my heartbreak looked like he's going to be a, not only be a good QB in the future, but looks like he might have a good year this year. Minus is two 12-inch touchdown passes. But um, I will have to admit I was wrong. I seem to be wrong, and the Chiefs will and can compete for that division title. And that is not something I like to admit. And that is my confessional. Thank you, Ray. I know that was very hard for you to do. And we're here for you as friends. Say five Hail Marys, please. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Father. You have sinned. So, all right, number two on our cold six-pack of questions tonight. Did the Bears lose on Sunday night, or did the Packers win the game? Ray, Ray, where you stand? Let me let me paint a picture for you real quick. All right, Bob Ross. As a Packers fan, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Deadpool Bob Ross. Thank you. Aaron Rodgers goes down. Packer Nation is shocked. Panic sets in. And then the shock, crying. Yes. Then the shock sets in. Then they see Aaron Rodgers get carted off. Then the depression sets in. They start sending Titanic texts to the friends and start thinking, we're going to suck again. Just like last year. Our season's over. And they start drinking too much. The stadium sold out of beer. But then what do you see? You see Aaron Rodgers coming out of the tunnel. Looking like a pirate with his peg leg. They have a little bit of hope. It's back. And Rodgers decides to sacrifice himself all for the win. With not one, not two, but three touchdowns, including the, the game winner to once again save their season. His gutsy performance will go down as one of the best, most improbable, and exciting comebacks of all time. 
And as the great Stephen A. says, if you think otherwise, stay off the weed. I got to be up. I no, got, well, I, I'm sorry. I just woke up. What happened? <laughs> I got to be honest. Aaron Rodgers went down. We thought he was done for the day. And my man came back like Jesus Christ, trying to be the savior of the Packers season. And, and he did it. And he, he did phenomenal. He was down 20 points in the fourth quarter. And that was great. But you know who didn't do phenomenal? The Bears coaching staff. Matt Nagy proved himself to be a true Andy Reid disciple. Messing up the game clock. He was trying to run it out way too early. He was passing in the wrong situations. And then finally, when the Bears drove down, and they had the ball and the chance to run out the game. It was third and one. And what does Nagy do? The most read thing he can throw a short little pass that doesn't have a good chance of being completed. Doesn't run any more time on the clock. And then he doubles up and does the next read thing. He kicks the field goal and takes the easy points, extending his lead from three to six. Great. Instead of tying them, now they have to try to beat you. Before, they were just trying for the tie. If he had just handed the ball to Jordan Howard on third and one, let Howard get that push because he was dominating the Packers all game. Let's pretend for a second. Howard doesn't get the first down. He's still going to run 35 to 40 seconds off the clock. Then you double down on it and you do it again and give my man Jordan Howard the ball on fourth and one and push through to try to win the game right there and then. If, if Nagy had any balls, that's what he would have done. Massey? I'm in, I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with you, Matt. I mean, that's just, that's just one part of it. The play calling was terrible. He, 100%, the Bears took their foot off the pedal and started just tapping the brakes for the rest of the game. And then when Aaron Rodgers came back and they started scoring touchdowns, they tried to get that engine revved back up, but it just wasn't there. And then Packers just blew on by him. So, you got into the play calling, everything like that. I'm going to let you, 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 you did a great job explaining it. I'm going to go somewhere else. On the final drive, the Packers are driving to, to try to win this game. And Aaron Rodgers throws a gift basket. He, he says, here, Bears, you guys could have this right into Kyle Fuller's hands. And he drops it. Hey, is Kyle I mean, Fuller was, their best cornerback? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Just check. An awful pass by Aaron Rodgers. And Kyle Fuller drops it. It's game. One, what, one or two plays later, Aaron Rodgers throws a little 10-yard pass and Randall Cobb's off to the races for the game-winning touchdown. Make the catch. The Bears, make, Bears, make the catch. You win the game. That's not, that's not the Packers going and winning it. That's the Bears dropping the game. Quite literally. Huh. Now, it, it's, it's funny you mention that. It, it really, really is. So I know I'm not used to this from a quarterback. I know you haven't been used to this, Massey, for a couple years from a quarterback. Matt, you're kind of used to this after one year. But what great quarterbacks do is they do this thing where they throw them open and where the ball should go. So if you actually watch the play, you will see the moment Aaron Rodgers – made the decision to throw it and release the ball. Devonta Adams was on a comeback. He turned around for that vintage back shoulder. And when he turned around, number 37 contacted him and knocked him down. And that is why you saw 
Adams and the player both laying on the ground is why and why the ball was even able to get to Kyle Fuller. And that's why he was surprised because at first Devontae Adams was standing there and then he fell. So if anything, it wasn't luck by the Packers. It was just karma giving the Packers luck back because he shouldn't have been knocked out. You gotta go back and watch that play. That was a poorly thrown ball. Adams wasn't getting to it no matter what. I, I I literally watched this play on rewind and I literally paused at multiple points. Of that the was play. a poorly and thrown ball, not, and Adams was not getting was, to it. Even if Adams was on his feet, he was not. How getting do you to know? It. Can you? It was a poorly are, thrown are ball. You, it was nowhere near. It was nowhere. Are near. you back to the it future? It was nowhere near. The ball near went him. right over where Adams was laying on the ground. I could. I would literally pull screenshots. And I will show you exactly feeling you going in this. Do play. it. Challenge. Show, do it. Show do you. it. We're waiting. waiting. And I will yeah, show waiting. you the show ball us. was not thrown. It was a poorly thrown. Out it was a place. poorly thrown pass. Kyle Ford had the if, game. Can can you answer this answer this question? If Devonta Adams was not on the ground, Kyle Fuller would have had the. It even Kyle, gone Kyle, Kyle Fuller would have still had a chance to better to better chance of catching the ball than Devonta Adams, but he dropped it. No. I'll show the screen. Tell me this. Do you think do you think the Bears played a good fourth quarter? I think the Bears did what many other coaching staffs do against great quarterbacks. Many other coaches suck. Don't take your foot off the gas. Look at Dan Quinn with Matt Ryan in the Super Bowl. They took their foot off the gas. What 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 happened when Bill Belichick didn't take his foot when he kept his foot on the gas against the the, uh, Peyton Manning? They went fourth, fourth down, failed. They lost. Yeah, that's one example. Yeah, that's one example. No, one example. It's I, way I mean, more examples. At, I, look, what about the Falcons, off, twenty-eight just, to three? It's just, it's just one off the what? top of my head. The Falcons' problem in the Super Bowl, we could go into that. It wasn't even keeping the foot no, off no, the no, gas. No, no, no. They, they kept throwing incomplete. They were, no, it's because they were clock. passing. They were, they weren't running. They weren't run out running. the clock. Run, run out, out the clock. You. Wait, he just said keep the foot yeah, on the gas, put, which they ran the ball. That's lot. keeping the foot on so, the cast. That's in the second half. No, you guys, passing, trying to drive bring it in. Stay on topic. We're on a Super Bowl that happened two years ago now. Let's concentrate on yeah, the Packers Bears game, boys. Let, I, I know that's fine. That's why I'm here to host and rain mm-hmm. your asses back in. Let's stay on topic. Now, a better coach would have won that game. Absolutely. And I know that Ray mentioned that one play from many years ago when Peyton Manning was still on the Colts. I mean, that's how long ago he mentioned it. But he <laughs> skipped over Doug Peterson just... going for it on third and fourth down nonstop last year winning games. There's this play, I, I think it's famous, I think I've heard of it, I think it's called the Philly Special, where he went for it on fourth down. Mm-hmm. That worked out pretty damn well for them. I'm I'm 100% positive I could go, at, if I really wanted to do the research, I could go every season and find where coaches went from fourth down, failed. And Actually, they've the done plenty of research on this, and they the re, all the research shows that you had about – it increases your uh, winning percentage of going for it on fourth down. Like, they actually talk about why coaches should go for it more on fourth down because the percentage is always in their favor. Where's, where's, where's that citation? Okay. Where's that I'll, I'll, citation? Send, I'll, send you, I'll send you the link, so I'll post it on the flock. It's, it's, oh, just it's well coming to the flock because they're out it's, there. It's, I've been reading about it all off season. It's well-researched. He went, yeah. he went for it 29 times on fourth down. Actually, you know what's funny about that? On the Super Bowl winning the Philly special, they just showed it on Thursday night's game. They showed it. They pulled up the stats. I saw it. If he hmm. would have kicked the field goal, the, the chance of winning, the percentage actually would have went down rather than going for hey, a fourth down. Now, I, I, 
I have I have another question. Uh, we're getting into the ifs. Like, if he would have caught it, the game would have been over. I feel like there's a lot of ifs from people this weekend. But if, since he didn't catch it, didn't they have a chance to stop him again afterwards? Oh, yeah. Was, and that, that's all, was huh. that drop catch the touchdown? But that, that, dro- was that, that, like a touchdown? that drop no. prevented the game from being over right then and there. They could have run out the clock. Exactly. The they could have run out the clock. It was over. The game was, was over. effectively over. I know, but but it wasn't at that point, and they still had an opportunity. True, to stop but them. my point is, is that the Bears, the and Bears make the play, the Bears win. The Bears didn't make the play, therefore the Bears lost the game. The Packers didn't go win it. But they didn't. The Packers made more plays than the Bears, so therefore. The All right, Packers. Ray and Massey aren't going to agree on this, and I'm definitely not going to agree with Ray because he's wrong. Because he's wrong. So we're going to put it up to you not guys wrong. to vote, and we're going to see what the flock thinks about this. Um, but oh, and Rodgers Rogers wasn't injured. He just had to poop. <laughs> moving on to our third topic. Adrian Peterson looked like a stud this last weekend. Um, he went out there. He had n- 96 rushing yards. Almost 100 again. He hasn't done that for a very long time. Are and you he buying- had 70 receiving yards. Oh, That's- Absolutely. Are you buying or selling Adrian Peterson rushing for 100 yards this season? Well, he already rushed for 100. He's at 96. But yeah. He's at 96. No, yeah. <laughs> rushing for 1,000 yards this season. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy. I, I, I'm going to buy. I wasn't big on Adrian Peterson when he signed with the Redskins, but like, I've learned not to doubt Adrian Peterson over the years. So I'm going to buy because it's Adrian Peterson. And I think he doesn't – rushing for 1,000 yards isn't really the elite mark anymore. Nine running backs ran for 1,000 yards last year, and that doesn't include Zeke, who was suspended for six, six games. So that should have been 10 running backs if – you know. so it's not really that elite mark anymore. But he, I think he's going to get the volume. He got 26 carries last night. Uh, uh, the, on, on Sunday, 26 carries. So, I mean, he didn't average great. He averaged 3.7, you know, but, hey, you know, I think he's going to get the workload, and I think he's going to hit 1,000. I do not. I think it was a motivated Adrian Peterson against his former team, who he felt did him wrong. I love it that the Cardinals are, like, some, there's some big rival. He played there one year, man. He still did. He, but, you know, he, he felt wrong by that. He felt like he didn't do enough. And if he were to continue to average 3.7 yards, he'd need about 300 carries to get 1,000 yards. And I don't see that happening. I don't see the Redskins being in that many games. I don't see the Redskins trying to run out the clock. They played the Arizona Cardinals, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Last year, he ran for 529 yards. The year before that, 72. And then the year before that, he was Adrian Peterson of old. But it's been a long time since he's done that. He's 33 now. He's on a different team. A team where the offensive line isn't always the healthiest. There's not a lot of other weapons. And there was no tape on Peterson being this good again. I think this is a fluke, and this is not going to last. I don't even think... He finishes with more than 600 yards rushing. 
Yeah, I, I'm just going to add a little bit to what Matt says. I, I don't see, think it's possible he's 33 years old. Historically, it, it just doesn't happen. I went back. The, the best season I could find by a 33-year-old running back was Emmett Smith in 2002 with 975 yards. Um, I, and then you just add the fact for the that Arizona he played Arizona. Cardinals. <laughs> no, it was, was actually Dallas for Dallas. Still still? It was actually yeah. for Dallas. It was it was Arizona when he was thirty five and he in two thousand four and he went for nine hundred thirty seven, but and then he and then he's a boom or bust type running back his whole career even when he was the best running back in football you know the two two break for eight and then have a forty yard run I how much I don't really think he has any boom left I think it was just you know week one he's rested a few in a few weeks he's gonna be battered and missing games I just I just don't Got see it. it. Father time never loses unless your time. Father time doesn't. Father time is never uh, is undefeated. Never going to lose. But you could delay the fight, and you can make it go as as Earl Thomas says. You can you can make it go into overtime, and that's what Adrian Peterson's been doing, and that's what he's going to continue doing. Look, you you say it doesn't it doesn't happen. Well, returning from a torn ACL and rushing from two thousand yards the very next season, in like seven months later, doesn't happen. But Adrian Peterson did it because he's a physical specimen he's a freak and so i don't have any doubts that he's still on top is still in good physical shape at 33 i think he's still can get it done and look at i know matt you said 300 he only needs at 3.7 he only needs 270 i carry that's that's doable for this season we don't do math on this podcast (laughs) you stop that right now but that's 270 carries. That's reasonable for what the work – I think he's going to get a workload similar to that. And I think his average is going to go up. Arizona is not a very good team, but they have a pretty good defense. So, I think mm. – I'm, I'm, no, I'm, uh, I'm not saying they're great. I said they have a pretty good defense. They're middle of the pack. And so, I mm. think he's going to – I think he's going to – I think he's going to do it. And, and like I said, 1,000 yards isn't a big deal anymore. If he hits 1,000 exactly, I'm right. That's fine. That's fine. Um, craft beer bet? Craft beer bet. Let's do it. Done. Put it on um, the board. Yeah, we got to stop stealing from Matthew Berry, but I do like <laughs> put it on the board. We'll come up with something. Hey, fan suggestions. <laughs> Give us one for that. We all listen to too much um, TMR. Uh, we salute you, Matthew Berry. Um, all right. We put that one on the board. We're going to go over it. Um, but next is more time in the confessional. <sighs> well, guys, forgive me for I have sinned. I called the Bucks the worst team in the NFL. I said that they were going to finish in last place. Start off 0-3. And fire Dirk Cotter midseason. The only thing they're firing now is the cannons because the Bucks have scored again somewhere and it's a Tuesday night and they are still scoring. Possibly at the strip club, but that's besides the point. They ran up 48 points on the Saints. Almost everyone's survivor pool was shot over that game. They were nine and a half point underdogs. And no one believed in Fitz magic. I sure as hell didn't. Um, but I have to say, I'm wrong. The Bucks will not finish with the worst record in the NFL. 
they'll finish six and ten or seven and nine. So that is my confession. Hmm. <sighs> Feels good Powerful. to get that off my chest. Powerful. All right. So Fitzmagic. Speak, speaking of the Bucks and Fitzmagic, <laughs> overreaction or no overreaction? The Saints' defense is back to their old losing ways. Ray? What have I been saying ever since we started this podcast all offseason? I have said the Saints' D is overrated. You cannot rely on Cameron Jordan and two second-year players and Marcus Williams, Marshall Lattimore, to be a good defense week in and week out. Um, Also, you – you don't go from the second to worst defense and then four years of being the worst defense in the history of the NFL to being a top 10 defense in one year. It just doesn't work that way. Personnel don't work that way. Last year, they played the Cowboy game of a couple years ago. They had time of possession. They kept the ball away from the opposing team's offense. That's why they ran the ball more. That's why Drew Brees ran less. This year, this game, Bucks start off hot from the get-go. They couldn't play the same type of offense, and they got exposed. What do you think, Matthew? I think this is a typical week one overreaction. I mean, calm down. Let's let's hit the brakes a little bit, guys. The Saints opened up terrible last year. They got lit up, and I know it's not 48 points, but they got lit up for 29 points against Sam Bradford and the Vikings. Sam Bradford Threw for 346 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions against them last year in the week one opener. Then they went and they got lit up by, guess, Tom Brady and the Patriots, but still they got lit up. And then week, they started to get it out at week three. They started to get together and they started to play better defense, but they still had hiccups throughout the year. They, I mean, they still gave up 38 points to the, to the Lions in week six. And, you know, they, they, they you have hiccups, but. I don't think anybody's saying that the Saints were going to have the best defense in the league. But they, they, they did the same thing last year in week one and week two. Let's, let's calm down and let's, let's wait to see what happens. I think this is a little bit of an overreaction. Let me just throw one thing in there real quick. Just about everybody in the media and all the analysts were saying they had the best defense in that division. Oh, I, I didn't. Okay. Well, I don't remember. I didn't say they had the best defense. Then they don't. I didn't, didn't, I didn't oh, say that didn't. division. And I didn't even say division right now. I said the league. So, like – I know. I, I'm, just, and that's, I'm just saying. That. And that's fine. And you know what? You're right. They, they did get blown up by those teams, but you bury the lead there. New England was the second highest scoring team in the league last year, and they have the greatest quarterback of all time. And they still didn't put up what Ryan Fitzmagic put up on them. But, I mean, this is a guy don't who just, had six. Don't, stop. Don't just gloss over Sam Bradford like that, man. I'm not. I'm not going to glass over Sam Bradford. What I'm going to point out is the Minnesota Vikings, the team that Sam Bradford played for before he went down injured, was one play away. Well, no, they made it. They made the NFC Championship game. They got blown out there, but they had the greatest receiving duo and a tremendous rookie running back in Dalvin Cook. It's not like it was a bad team. Where are the Bucks going to be at the end of the year? You say it's not overreaction. Are you overreacting and saying the Bucks are going to be good like the Vikings and Patriots were? They don't have the, they don't have the Vikings defense. No, they don't. The They're Vikings, not going to Vikings, be good. Vikings aren't a playoff team last year without that defense. How about how about we don't overreact? They still have the top ten offense. How about we don't overreact to one year of being a good defense? 
like the New Orleans Saints. I think that's what the overreaction I is. I think one year is better, good all a better of a sudden. Bar- barometer than uh, one week. Yeah, and I think it is w- too. But I think three years are even better than that. 28th in 2014, 32nd in 2015, and 31st in 2016. Then all of a sudden personnel. they went top 10. They're not staying top no. 10 again. It's, they ha- it's, except for the rookies. Yeah, the rookies the same, played the amazing. Personnel. They had what the, Marshawn yeah. Lattimore came in and was but one of the best don't... rookie cornerbacks that we've seen in a long, yeah. long time. And did you watch the game on don't Sunday? Make I did because I don't have NFL ticket. Marshawn <laughs> Lattimore was getting burnt all yeah, day. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's a he week. looked horrible. It's a week. He had a bad game. People have bad games. We said that. I think this is an overreaction. Let's chill and calm down and wait for the re- a few more weeks to see what the Saints defense does. Here's that's my important. realistic reaction. The Saints won't be good enough on defense to go deep into the playoffs. I think they still make the playoffs. But I don't think they can go deep into the playoffs with that defense. They're still going to make it. They're still, I'm still picking them to win the division. I don't believe in the Panthers. I don't believe in the Bucs that much. And with all the injuries in Atlanta after one game and seeing Matt Ryan being overpaid, I don't believe in them. Players. No, I, I, so, I, I can agree with your assessment on that, that they won't go deep in the playoffs. But they're not going deep. Their defense isn't good enough. Whereas coming into no. the season, a lot of people had them as Super Bowl contestants or winners. Soon to be great defense. I, they, they, I had them winning the division because of their offense, nothing to do with their defense. I mean, their offense is still great. I mean, look. So, I mean, but, their offense is great, plain and simple. Yeah, I don't think it's an overreaction. I think people sometimes underreact in week one. People kept on saying, oh, man, the Rams can't be this good with McVay. It's an overreaction. The league is going to rectify itself. And guess what? The Rams are really that good. I think the Saints are going to finish with a bottom 25 defense this year. No, I agree. And sometimes it works that way, but it's you wait. Still have you to agree wait. they're going to be a bottom? I'm wait. You agree? Like no, you agree is that no. Calm down. No, I said calm down, guys. I said I agree that sometimes it happens that there's underreactions in the league, but we still got to wait and see. You can't just say, "Oh, week one, throw your hands up in the air. This is how the league's going to work out this year because this is what happened in week one." Oh, I'm not saying that, but I don't think they have a good defense. I saw enough of them getting burnt by Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was run out of town in seven different towns throughout his career. I'm sorry, you let a journeyman beat you like that bad? And guess what? I'll be there live on Sunday watching the Eagles beat the Bucks, and we'll see just how bad the Bucks look against an actual defense, and then you can compare and contrast the two. Okay, so let, 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 me, let me just – give you a perfect example of when was it? It was, oh yeah. So it wasn't week one, but in 2014, the chiefs blew out the Patriots 41 to 14, just annihilated them in the first quarter of the season. And Kansas city had the sixth highest scoring offense of all season last year. So, that yes, but what, that many what points what, is accurate with no, no, this is 2000. No, 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 this is 2014, not last year. Uh-oh. I'm talking about 2000, and last year's a perfect example as well, too. The Patriots got mauled by the Chiefs in the week opener. This is 2014, though. The Chiefs annihilated the Patriots, and then the Patriots go on to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm just saying, let's pump the brakes a little bit, guys. 
Okay, thank you for going back four years in time for your <laughs> reference to make your point. Great I didn't job. go back as I didn't go back as far I as think... 2006 like Ray did, but I went back a little bit far. Yeah, that's fine. Your, your, your Peyton Manning Colts reference when he came back against the Patriots. That's just the first thing. Dear God, Ray's going back head, to before man. Matt Grandin was born. <laughs> <laughs> I just went off the top. And of it was my 2006, head man. So okay, all right. Next topic. Buy or sell? The Steelers should trade Le'Veon Bell. Massey? Guys, I'm going to buy. I know it's crazy, but I'm going to well, buy. Well, technically, with... you're going to sell, right? Hmm. No. I'm, I'm... No, technically, no, I get it. Technically, I'm selling <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. But, no, I'm going to buy that they should sell Le'Veon Bell because, one – He's asking for an insane amount of money that they're just not going to pay him. The, the running back position isn't worth that kind of money. James Conner, I don't know how good James Conner's going to be, but he looked pretty darn good. Uh, I know it was against the Browns, but they're supposed to have an improved defense. But he looked pretty darn good, you know, 135 yards and two TDs. And, you know, he received – he caught the ball pretty well, five receptions, 57 yards. So – I'm I'm also questioning how good Le'Veon Bell is actually, or how what's going on with this Pittsburgh. You Steelers, shut uh, your mouth. No, this is you I, shut you know, your mouth. You know I look at systems. I do the same thing with Tom Brady. And when a player comes in, and so that's why Zeke's you replace, not good anymore. No, when you replace <laughs> when you replace as when you replace a top player and the backup, there's no drop off. There's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have questions for you. And this isn't the first time. It happened with D'Angelo Williams, too. There was a little bit of a drop-off because Bell, I believe, is better than these guys. But these guys performed great with, in Le'Veon Bell's place. It makes you question, like, okay, what's the system like over there? And is Bell really as good as everybody thinks he is? Ray, you, you trading him? Uh, yeah. What are you trying to get back? It's, um, I'm going to try to get a first, but more than likely it won't be a second because he's a running back. But the, the reason why I say you – know, it's like money ball, right? So you can, put, you can put him in the place of Bell, and he can get similar numbers at a far cheaper price, and then you can get value for Bell to help with your future rosters. And that's the only reason why I would say do it because they do have some aging players, um, and – they don't. They're not going to have that many. They're, they're not going to have the best position in the draft. So get as many get as many picks as you can. Stockpile them to try to help build your roster once Big Ben leaves and and Tony Brown's getting older and so forth. So I, I would trade them. Get get what you can for them and move on and start the James Conner era because he looked good and he's a Pittsburgh loves him. He defeated cancer. Great story. Mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like the fans the fans want him more than better. okay. From what I've seen on Twitter and everything else. So. But, well, then yeah. let's look at this realistically. Because what do you need, what, what do you need to trade a player? <laughs> what do you, you mean? You need, Yo, you need somebody partner. else. You need a trade partner. And that's going to be the you issue. You need a trade partner. Yeah. And here's why you can't trade Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell makes about $14 million a year. That's what his cap hit is. Right now, there are only six teams in the league – that can take that cap hit. Not if, so you sign, not if you sign him immediately after trading him. 
you, tra- you have an agreement. Yeah. You can. You can and they can they were, the Oh, okay. If they can renegotiate, and we're already into the season and learning offensive systems and giving that much money that he well, wants no one's... to running back. So let's pretend that a fairy tale is all happening. But let's look at the salary cap this year. All right, Browns have enough room. Are they trading him inside the division? No. no. I, I assume you're agreeing with me. Oh no, absolutely not. The Colts, they're not. They're not trading him with the. The division. Colts have enough space. Why would they give up those? bound to be high draft picks when their team is god-awful and needs so much help. Doesn't make sense for the Colts. The mm-hmm. Texans, the Texans, it doesn't make sense for. It's a dif- different system. Lamar Miller is a solid back. Oh, the, the, He's solid. Yeah. He's out of it. He's, he's okay. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense for the Titans. The Titans have a lot of money tied up in De- Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. Yeah. It doesn't make sense for the Jets, and they're just at $16 million, so they're just squeaking him in. They have a young team. They don't need that drama right now. The only team you could talk me into it making sense for is the 49ers because they have the cap space. But you know what? The 49ers aren't ready to compete. Le'Veon Bell is a player you go out and get if you are ready to compete. And since they're not ready for that, they're not going to give up those picks. Oh, well, imagine well, Bell and Shanahan's offense. Yeah, they signed McKinnon to all that money, up. man. They're not. Yeah, going to that's, pay that's two guys all that money. I agree. That's, not, that's what not kills realistic. that. But, I agree with that. But you just said that you just said they're not ready to compete, and you did pick the Niners to win the division. So I'm just going to call you, call you uh, out there. But uh, and I picked them to I win the division, say, but they're not ready to go deep into the playoffs. There's a yeah, difference there. Yeah, but no team's going to believe that if they – yeah, they're not going to I mean, if we want to call people out for picks, win, Mr. But... Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. We can do that all day long. <laughs> hey, the season ain't over yet, man. Look, it is for I, the Falcons. I think, I think it does make sense. I let, let me switch it up. I think it does make – I'm going to say it makes I was about to say Jets. that. It makes sense for the Jets. I think it does. Yeah. A young quarterback sense. like Sam Donald, you put yep. a running back it, like Le'Veon Bell it, behind him. It would him. leave them with less than $2 million – they could, restructure, they could restructure the draft, the trade. Yeah, and they, 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 they could restructure and they could sign and trade. The problem is, okay. is that I agree that nobody's going to be willing to do that right now in this point of the season, I okay. don't think. But I'm saying you, I would be looking if I was the Steelers. So it makes yeah, sense it, for the Jets who traded all of those picks to the Colts, so they're pick poor right now. Didn't they give up three second-rounders? I was you, just talking about it makes sense strategically for them. I'm not okay, saying that. It makes happen. sense for yeah. the Steelers to and trade also, them, but it's not going to happen. Hold on. Hold on, Matt. What was the question? The, you know you always tell us to rain The in. Steelers should trade Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, so your answer to the question, you're not answering whether or not the Steelers should trade him. You're answering whether or not anybody would make the trade for him. So you're actually not answering the question. So do you think the Steelers should but here's the question. I look at that from a realistic standpoint, and I was just going beyond. Yes, if the Steelers can get 100 first-round draft picks for the next 100 <laughs> seasons, yes, they should trade him. That's obvious. I'm being realistic with who they can trade him with and what they're getting back in return. And for what they're going to get offered back in return, I don't think they should trade him. I think they should suck it up. I think they should put him in the offense – I think they should run him less than he was going to because it looks like they have something in James Conner, and I think they should have a dual-headed threat back there because guess what? They tied the Browns. This team has Uh, won one game in the past two years, 
and they tied them. They need something on that team right now. Well, just a reminder, I did pick them to finish second in the division. I, and I, I will I, – I do just want to say real quick, so technically you actually agree with Massey and I. You just went a different route to try to word it a different way to make it seem like you were arguing. And thirdly, I just want to point out – and one thing to think about for not trading him would be this is probably their best year to win the Super Bowl, so keep your best players and then just move on. And that's what I'm going with. But, yes, okay, you're right. I agree with you and Mazzy. They should trade him if they can get 100 first-round draft picks for him. (laughs) Yes! But if someone's just going to offer up, like, a second round (laughs) and you might have to send them in division to the Browns, I don't think they should trade him. I'm just saying, put him on the trade block. Put it out there that you're willing to listen to offers. And see, what if if, if an offer comes through that blows you away – who cares for you? If you're the Steelers, who cares how they're going to fit it into their cap and figure out the contract extensions and everything like that? Hey, put it out there. Find out what people are going to offer you because people are going to offer you something. So see, see if it's worth your while because right now, if I'm the Steelers, I'm, I might be taking anything because if someone comes at me with a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, I might be taking that. And the reason That is, sounds like is your strategy I'm gonna... at, at the bars in college. But guess like what? You're gonna lose You're him. Anything. <laughs> You're gonna lose him for nothing at the end of the year. For nothing. So guess what? A third round pick. They'll a get a compens- pick, They can and, get. Yeah, they'll get a third round compensation pick easy. So they're not round, losing them for some for nothing. If you get a third round pick for them right now, you're going to get that when you lose them in free agency for the compensation picks. That's something their arch nemesis, the Baltimore Ravens, have had figured out for a very long time. So not only do you get that same third round pick, you also get an actual season of the best running back in the league or second best running back in the league if you're a Dallas fan. <laughs> Look, I'm, I don't, I don't think they would get a third round pick for him man what do when do conversations they start in the third round right go ahead tell me what team is going to give them a second round pick jets don't have I don't one know. i'm just saying you you put it out there and see what offer what people offer you well, people offer fun. people all the time i don't think it's like, happening you know rams might they try to trade for Matt, so who knows dude <laughs> dude people, yeah dude, the, the rams answer. might honestly like i mean you gotta just wait you gotta just gotta put it out there and the see rams are drunk possible <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and maybe the maybe the Niners do. Maybe the so, maybe the Niners well, decide, and I'm sure they can find a way to get rid of McKinney. I'm going to put this out there and see if you guys think it's possible. But before I do that, Joseph Massey, step into the confessional. <sighs> I got this uh, heavy weight on my shoulder. Just one shoulder. And I just, I got to confess and, you know, get it off and so I can stand up straight again, look myself in the mirror. I need to admit that I was wrong about the Cincinnati Bengals, guys. I bashed them all off season. I had them looking as, hey, this seems probably going to be battling for the worst record in this in the league they're going to be battling for that first pick and they came out and I know it was against the Colts but they came out and they performed they performed well Mixon looked very good AJ Green looked like AJ Green of old and their defense wasn't awful so I I was wrong about them 
I think the uh, I think the Bengals are going to be better than than everybody's expecting. And when I say better than everything's everybody's expecting, they're, they're going to win four to five games probably. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and uh, that's that's a lot better than I was expecting, guys. I'm sorry, this is my confessional. So yeah, I was wrong. I, All right, Massey, I apologize for, for for your penance. You're gonna have to um, say three nice things next podcast about Andy Dalton. Oh, uh, it's the right, red right. rifle. I got to start looking at stuff now. All right. Well, that brings us to the last beer we have in our six pack of questions tonight. Talking of those Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger <coughs> had five turnovers. Against the Browns. Overreaction or no overreaction? Ben Roethlisberger is no longer a franchise quarterback. Ray Ray? I'm going to say it's an overreaction. Um, simply be the point because just because you're a franchise QB doesn't mean you have to be top five QB. Um, Big Ben's also been known to have horrible games every year especially toward the beginning of the season with everyone like last year, he almost retired. Um, and then he led the Steelers to one of the best records in football. So he's still a franchise QB. He still performs. He had one bad week against a vastly improved Browns team. At least most people believe like myself, a vastly improved Browns team. So I'm going to say overreaction, less weight to week four. Massey, Massey. I'm going to go with overreaction as well, guys. Um, Big Ben's had games like this before. He had it last year. He looked awful. And I'm not saying I, I that the Browns are going to be the most improved. I think they do have a little bit of an improved defense. They have some playmakers there. Big Ben gets in these weird phases where he just goes through, like, menopause or something like that, and he just doesn't look normal and doesn't play normal and he has these games every once in a while and then he gets back into it and he starts playing better I, th- I think we need to wait on this and not overreact to it it's very well could be possible that big ben is done but i think we need like i said before with the other issue we just need to pump the brakes a little bit don't overreact to week one like so many people do every year and just wait and see what happens as the year folds unfolds Wrong, 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 wrong. You guys are both wrong. <laughs> oh, is that what you're trying to yeah, say? Yeah, just in case you wondered. Is- ben Roethlisberger is no longer a franchise QB. You know what a franchise QB does? A franchise QB wins games. Not only does he win ga- games at home, he wins games on the road. Over the last three years, and I'm not going to count this one game against the Browns, so don't worry, 15, 16, 17, Ben Roethlisberger has scored 52 touchdowns at home and 26 on the road. He has scored half as many, he's thrown for half as many touchdowns on the road as he has at home the last three seasons. You know what you need your franchise QB to do? You need him to win games on the road in the playoffs. And Ben Roethlisberger is no longer a guy who can go into New England, who can go into Kansas City by the looks of it, Ray, 
who can go – I'll throw this one out for you because I like it – who can go into Denver at mile high and win a game for his team. He's not that guy anymore, and he hasn't been that guy for three years now. Matt, you do realize last year, 2017, that the Steelers were 6-2 and two at home and 7-1 and one on the road? So they were yeah. better on the road than they were at home last year? So it yeah. looks like he actually Big can ben, go on the road and win. Bit, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we, we talk all the time about how it's not just one man and one team. He went on the road, and guess who was on the road with him? That guy, Le'Veon Bell, who you just traded for a magic hill of beans, who led the league in <laughs> rushing. That's why they were winning. They were winning because of him and Antonio Brown doing everything, not because of Ben Roethlisberger. Stop being wrong, man. Stop fifth, being wrong. Bell didn't fifth, lead the league in rushing last year. Total yard. No. Cream. Girly. Cream. Cream. cream the, yeah. Stop, yeah. Stop, stop being wrong. Total yards. <laughs> Total yards. Sorry. But Bell and Brown have been Todd Gurley did. carrying Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> for a long time now. They've been carrying his ass. 52 touchdowns at home, 26 on the road. That's abysmal. That's bad. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick had that many touchdowns this weekend. <laughs> Question. Yeah. Is, Matt, is Matt Ryan better than Big Ben? No. Honestly, yeah. Okay, I just want to admit one thing. I just want to hear one thing toward Matt No, Ryan. no that's, that's fine. I, 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 I think Matt Ryan is a better quarterback <laughs> than Ben Roethlisberger. Um, sometimes when these quarterbacks get older, as Ben Roethlisberger, you know, is 36 now, not everyone's a superhuman that throws like Drew Brees and Tom Brady as they hit their 40s. Many guys flame out in their mid to late 30s. But sometimes a quarterback just loses it and is a shell of his former self. Happened to Peyton Manning, who is far greater than Ben Roethlisberger ever was. I think Ben Roethlisberger is at that point now where it's just gone. He's not going to be the guy we've seen before. And the only way that they're going to do well is if they lean on their rushing game in Antonio Brown. And, and you've, he very well could be. But I still say... Let's not overreact to week one. But it does. you do have questions with Big Ben because, ah, man, I can't remember the quarterback who's, or the player who said it. They said, once you start thinking about retirement, you need to retire. And we all know that Ben's been thinking about it for a couple of years now. So I, I understand that there are some red flags with ben, Big Ben, but I still I hate to overreact to things in week one. I I, I I, hate, I can't stand it. I see people overreacting on Twitter, on the flock, on different Facebook groups, all over the place. People overreact to week one every year, and then it balances out. Okay. Well, if he goes and he plays the Chiefs this weekend and looks bad, who don't have a great defense, but Pat Mahomes is legit, you going to be a little bit more nervous about Big Ben? Yeah, if he goes in there and, and can't perform against that Chiefs defense, yeah. And then he has the Bucks, and the Bucks look. I know the Bucks won, and the Bucks looked great. The Bucks defense did not look great. If he goes in there and can't perform against the Chiefs and the Bucks, then I'll be right there. I'll be jumping on your your train. There's room on this bandwagon <laughs> of righteousness <laughs> of Big Ben being done. I'll add you when you want to come, Ray. 
You haven't. You I'll, have if, until if after week three. You Bucks. have to do it before that Ravens game on Monday Night okay. Football or Sunday Night Football. Okay. So that's the only bandwagon you can't get on after week three. That's your last. Preview. It's overreaction theater hey, right now. Though. That's fine. I'm not overreacting. I'm damn right on this. <laughs> and, and, and if not, I got the confessional all lined up in week four for me. There you go. But I'm not going to have to apologize on this one. I'm not going to struggle to come up with something. I'll be just fine. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you like the new format, our six-pack of questions that we will be pumping out to you hopefully every Tuesday. We had a scheduling conflict yesterday. Uh, remember, this is the Flock NFL podcast for the fans, by the fans. Find us on Facebook. Share the podcast with your friends. More listeners would be amazing. We don't ask for much, but we do ask for that. But finally, it brings us to our last segment, which our producer, Ray Ray, left out because he wanted abolished. But you know what? Massey and I voted his ass down. So, Massey, <laughs> I'm going to start with you for once, even though I hate the Cowboys. What you talking about? What I'm talking about is fantasy football. And I love it. You love it. Most people love it. If you watch football, you're probably into fantasy football as well. And I went and I took a flyer. I thought, you know what? Greg Olson. I've had him in the past. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. And I went and drafted him in multiple leagues. Thinking, and I did, One league, I didn't even draft a backup. I said, Greg Olson's legit. Like, I'll pick up a streamer as the season goes for his bye week. And he refractures his foot on like in the first quarter. Um, I don't even know what to say, guys. I went and looked at the waiver wire, and there's nothing. There is nothing out there for tight ends because there's only like six good tight ends in the league for fantasy football. Is it's, this the league that I'm in with you? No, okay. I'm just um, George Kittle. <laughs> George, yeah, but no, yeah, Kittle. in this other league, George Kittle's not available. But okay. I'm just, That's it's fun. guys, eh. I'm talking about how depressed I am that Greg Olson just let me down like that. Understood. Ray, what you talking about? What I'm talking about is the national treasure of this country, not named Jeff Goldblum, and that is Pat McAfee. If you have not heard his story of his last meeting with Ryan Grigston, you need to go listen to him tell it. Don't read it on USA Today. Just listen to him tell it. I'll give a quick summary. Ryan Grigson was going was gonna to fine him for a photo he took in the equipment room because it was technically a football room. When he told him, he decided he was done playing for them at that very moment. And then Ryan Grigson said, this is the reason why we're losing. This is after Big Ben threw six touchdown passes because he's not – no longer a franchise QB. But anyways, six touchdown passes. And Ryan Grigson said, this is why we're losing. You know what Pat McAfee said, why he's a legend? He said, no, we're losing because we have a Swiss cheese offensive line and you can't keep your $100 million quarterback healthy. How about I'm great at my job. How about you be great at your job? And that was the end of the conversation. And it's probably the coolest alteration I've ever had, a, ever heard a player have between the GM. So go listen to it. What you talking about, Matt? NFL schedule makers, what are you doing? 
I have lived in Florida my entire life. I thought you would have learned your lesson last year from scheduling home games in Florida in early September and Hurricane Irma making you cancel NFL weekend for a few teams. But no, you went ahead and did another home game in Florida this last weekend. The Dolphins and Titans played a game for over seven hours. Those fans felt like they were at a boring-ass baseball game for that long. That is ridiculous. Don't schedule week one games in Florida next year. Probably don't even schedule week two games in Florida next year. It's hurricane season down here. And hurricane season in Florida means you stock up on water, you stock up on flashlights, and you stock up in alcohol because you're going to be stuck in your house for three, four days in a row with nothing to do besides drink. So NFL schedule makers, please, no home games for the Bucks, Jags, or Dolphins next year in week one or two. Thank you. <laughs> so, Ray Ray, say goodnight. Take care, Flockers, and have a great day. Nasty? Deuces, Flockers. Peace out, Mother Flockers!